Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. And let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh my God, yes. Awesome. Please listen carefully. I have to see me to know I'm beautiful. I know, but it always I like to be able to 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 see it to, to bask in yes. my beauty. Yes, yes, go on, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> welcome to our our sixth episode, our second in the Woo-hoo! show regarding the conundrum of LBGTQ TV show hosts personalities. And last week we covered Ellen. If you missed that, I encourage you to jump back in and listen to that one. It was a lot of fun to record. Uh, Ellen has a lot of things that are going on in her life right now. And the show's got a lot of things going on. And I think there's some positive directions that are c- coming from that. Um, but we cover we cover a lot of things that Ellen has, has done for our community. And I, we're going to continue that conversation by jumping into Rosie O'Donnell, who kind of paved away for Ellen, uh, but also has done a lot of things for the LBGT community as well. So we're going to jump into that before we do that. We're going to continue our conversation where we just kind of touch base on like, what's up? So the what's up is I have started uh, Get Shit Done with Holly Ray is uh, an uh, episodic, instead of writing a blog, and I probably will write a blog, but it's a videos that I'm putting together of the shit that I do with my life. Like right now I am gutting a house and basically doing a full 360 remodel with the exception of the bathroom. I'm only gonna be doing some minor um, repairs in the bathroom because it had a, I recently gutted an external wall that had black mold in it and I had to completely remove everything except for the siding. Um, I had to remove that entire wall and rebuild it back. And and so it, it recently had some work done on it. Is like, this like, your house or, oh no, this is the one over in- This in is a house the over, on the, uh, over on the other side of the state okay, that uh, my beautiful wife owns with her son and the two of them have uh, asked for my help. So I'm kind of project managing it and, but also doing the work. So yeah. drywall, uh, tearing out a wall, framing exterior doors, framing interior doors. I'm having someone else do the windows cause there's 12 of them and I have to gut a kitchen. So I have to pick and choose where I'm gonna be doing my work in my time. So I'm gonna completely gut the kitchen, hang new cabinets, refurbish um, whatever I could possibly refurbish. And then I'm hang- some of the walls in the house are they just basically put this wood paneling on top of the studs. And I'm not even entirely sure they put insulation in those two rooms. So I'm gonna be putting drywall up on that um, and kind of buttoning that up, leaving it open because we have a new electrical going into the house uh, so they could easily access the wall and saves on cost. Um, fixing the flooding basement, that was a nightmare. Last week I dealt with the flood that was up to my knees in the basement and this basement is creepy. Like a perfect setting for a horror film. If you needed a set, this basement was it. It was just beyond creepy. And I had to go in there with all the bugs and creepy crawlies and everything that I'm just not a fan of to deal with this flood before it took out the furnace. And it was the day we had a huge storm, that windstorm that kind of hit the Washington state area. And I think it hit some other areas of the country. And I'm in there and I am, I'm trying to put this sub pump in and I bought like this Tim the Toolman Taylor, like powerful pump. (laughs) And I didn't check all the connections. I checked two of the three. And the third one I did check, check pull came apart when I put this pump in the water and I got hosed in the face with some pretty disgusting water. Just really made me sick. Finally got that all buttoned up and I get out uh, from, a, from the basement and I'm standing in the pouring down rain, pouring the boots, the water out of the boots while I'm standing in the mud. And this guy who looks like a poser dressed up, dressed up in like as a construction worker, he's got like these like really nice Carhartt clothing on. It was like, when you go to Texas, you buy like the big giant cowboy hat because you want to fit in and not look to, look out of place, but you totally look out of place because you did that. That's what this guy looked like. He just stands there and is having this conversation about wanting to buy this house. It's not on the market, but he wants to buy this house. 
uh, the house behind me is for sale. And he's he's asking me questions about that. And I was like, we have a real estate agent for this. Like, oh, I meant standing in the, in the store and soaking wet. I'm not really the one to have this conversation right now. I was super annoyed. Uh, but he wanted to buy the house that I'm working so on. So are you and are, are you guys selling one of the houses? Is we are selling, we're selling the back property. We're okay. only going to fully, not flip, but fully remodel the one house. And we're selling the other property because we just don't want to spend the money developing it. Even though it's worth it, it's just not where our heart passion is right now. It's in other areas like Quinundrum. So yeah. that's what I'm working on. I have about four to five more weeks worth of work on there. So I, I look forward to posting the before and after pictures. I might even share a little bit on our social media just so you guys can kind of see the craziness that I do when I'm not recording wonderful entertainment for you guys. But that's what well, I'm working on. So I see you're home right now, but when yeah. do you go back? I thought I, I honestly thought we'd be doing this well, I thought you'd be actually back over Yeah, there, I came so. home because we have an interior designer helping us with, uh, we have a weird asymmetric living room. Uh, and this is, now I'm talking about the house that we actually live in. We have a weird asymmetric living room and uh, my wife and I are just really busy with all the things that we have going on. We just don't have time to really spend trying to figure out what to do. So we hired, mm-hmm. we hired somebody and it helps support our economy and it helps support another artist. So she's coming in to hang uh, the rest of our art in the two rooms that share that kind of space. And I wanted to be here for that process because okay. Des still has to work. So I came back for that and I, I head out Tuesday morning okay. and I and I may or may not come back for Valentine's because Des may come to me on the Valentine's. We haven't spent Valentine's together. And all the time that we've been together, we have not spent a- actual Valentine's together because she's she does uh, cosplay and has traveled for that or has done costume competitions and she has traveled for that. So we haven't actually spent Valentine's together. And it's our first, you know, first Valentine's being married. So I like to try to get together. So either she'll come to me or I'll come to her. So I may be back, we'll see. The internet, well, we've been together in Valentine's Day, but it's not like it's never been a special day for us. So it's like, oh, whatever. It's just a holiday (laughs) that was just made up by somebody who wanted to make money off of people. And that's fine, we just, we make, I guess our ideal Valentine's is just the fact that, I don't know, it's every night. We spend time just looking at each other and just like, I love you. I appreciate you. But I don't know. I'm sorry. There's, yeah. I mean, do we need a special day to, to do all that? No. I mean, I just, I make a nice dinner or I don't know. We'll see. I, I, we haven't spent it together. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, I've been doing my actual paying job at the moment. It's been it's it's actually been wonderful. It's uh, been very busy, but it's nice to be at a place where they really appreciate me. And yeah. I'm getting more and more stuff put on me, but it's because they appreciate me. And so I'm really been enjoying that. So that's been a lot of what I've been doing. Like when we were originally going to tape this episode, uh, and I said, well, I, I was running Lake Image 7.30. I didn't get home actually until uh, 8 o'clock finally. <laughs> so it, it was it a long day. And it was, but it was a productive day. So um, that's what's going on with me. I found out that I can't remember if I've, I think I've talked about it on the podcast. I actually have my date for the for my uh, weight loss surgery, which is March 16th. Yes. Uh, which is a Tuesday, mm-hmm. which falls right during when, when where I work spring break happens. So it's, it's perfect timing. So nice. So um, trying to get ready for that, which means like, not having caffeine until after the surgery and I'm all healed and I haven't had caffeine or anything bubbly in over a week and that's about to kill me. <laughs> and, um, that and then the stuff I don't really want to get into, but what you know about has just been, has taken a lot of, a lot of energy and it's, I can't find my, my blog, which I was going to, we were going to upload, but I, yeah. I can't find it now because of that. So, um, I'm gonna be restarting the blog uh, tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to do some research and see if I can pull up because I have some access to because you shared some of the access with yeah. me. But it's, yeah, yeah, from my end. Because like, like you said, we won't get into it, but along the same vein, like we had a bunch of credit cards t- taken. Like someone took a wallet of ours a couple of days ago and went shopping. And we were grateful that we had already started putting stops on our accounts. So they really didn't yeah. get away with a lot of money and, and we're getting it refunded to us. But 
it was it's it's a it's a really violating feeling when someone takes your stuff without asking and just yes. goes on a shopping spree. Uh, they have her ID. They have you can look her up and learn. You know, you can do you can when people steal your stuff. There's so many things that you don't think about what they can do. Like they can yeah. honestly go to the doctors. They have your ID. They have your your social security or your medical information. And they can go to the doctors and with our medical system overrun right now, it would probably not be that difficult to get a, a doctor's appointment, air quote, covered and have I mean, be seen and treated for something. Oh, yeah. And so, so we had to think about those things. We had to put holds on our credit, you know, not holds, but extra security and uh, purchase LifeLock to monitor our accounts and Bitfinder to do other things. It just all these extra things that we have to deal with on top of the pandemic and everything else that we have to deal with. So it's like, thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah. And with my stuff, I really can't talk about it yet because it's going through lawyers right now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. I, I don't want you to go into the, yeah. you have things you have to work on and there are yeah, yeah, so, legal implications, but it's yeah, just, so. don't be an asshole. If you find somebody's wallet, take it to the police department, your campus police, go on the, the, free and for sale websites, uh, Facebook pages, and, and post just the name, like cover all the details uh, of the picture and just show like the person's face and name and be like, hey, I found this. Does anyone recognize this individual? And help get that information back to them. Not only yeah. are you doing an amazing thing that will, you will feel good about, but you're also having a positive influence on the person's life. But everyone else who gets to see that is like, oh, that's how you take care of this? You don't take it and go shopping? Interesting. Well, but the difference is, didn't they? They actually stole it. They did. They actually it stole it. Yeah. Yeah. So see, there's the difference. You know, there's a difference. Just, yeah. That, yeah. And I understand there's a difference. Yeah. And and we we would have been fine with them. Like you know, keep the cash in the wallet. Thank you so much for bringing this back to us. I've yeah. given when I've lost my wallet, Walla Walla, Washington, and I the guy, I think I only had like twenty bucks in there, but he gave it back to me and was like, "Do you need money to to get you know? Do you need money for gas?" And I was like. No, I'm going to give you this 20 for giving this to me and I will figure out my guess because I didn't, I was a poor college student at the time. I was like, I appreciate what you did. So here's, here's my thank you. And I'm going to buy you a drink and give you this. Thank you. Yeah. Everyone's different. Everyone handled this different. Anyway. Well, moving. you know, you, you have to realize we are perfect and other people aren't. Oh, we yes. Have to oh, that, yeah. yeah. Let's add that tagline and stress to our lives where, you know, <laughs> we have to be kind all the time and never make a misstep and be caught by our by our friends on the on the earbuds. Uh, and no. besides, be kind's already been taken by. It's been kind Ellen, by Ellen. Which we talked about last week. We so. did. Anyway, we we'll we'll so, just we'll come up with our own thing. Well, when we eventually have a, a director, editor, and a writer, and all that on our show, they can help spin out yeah. something for us to live up to. In the meantime, and follow it, but you know, hey, well, they'll be there for you. <laughs> in fact, that just might be our thing is like they'll say, okay, this is their thing, this is their logo, they're saying, and we're gonna be like, nope, we're gonna do the complete opposite. Yeah, sorry, that just doesn't because. work for us. <laughs> this doesn't work for us, rebels. Um, so anyway, but yeah, so I think if we will probably get into talking about about uh Rosie this week, yes, who, who she's the one we're, we're talking about this week, and I think she really fits the queer nundrum of. Of who the hell is she? It's, it's really, in particular now, it's uh, people either love her, or hate her, or they love her and hate some of the things she says, or the other way around, mm -hmm. they hate her but appreciate some of the things she says. So, yeah, she's she's, um, she's one of the things she's like. I'm basically I'm here to entertain. Like that's her thing. She's like my job. My my main job is to entertain, but at the same time especially with like the last 10 years, she has taken kind of her popularity, her her famousness and has used it to promote anti-gun laws, uh, not anti-gun laws, but yeah, anti-gun, not necessarily anti-guns, but like making it like, oh gosh, the words regulate, like regulate yeah. gun control, which is in the second amendment. It does say the, our government has the right to regulate. And they, if you could buy a car and you have to have a license to drive that car, which kills more people and does all this other BS, it's like, okay, we should have some sort of regulation in, in place. And what that looks like, I don't know. And I won't get into it right now. But she uses her 
her fame to kind of promote certain things um, along with LBGTQ. And um, I think a lot of people who are listening would also know that she's one of the main uh, like famous actors uh, out there that got into it with Trump. And there was a long like one year battle of just hate. And then we say hate on both sides because there's some pretty nasty things said on both sides. But it was really interesting this, uh, just to see that unfold. No, as much as I, I'm one of the people who loves Rosie. I mean, I do, but she, she said just as many childish things to him that he said to her as like, oh my God, you guys just shut up. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was really gross to see it played out. And do I like Trump? Hells no. Do I agree with the fact that we need to stand up and say something and use our popularity to kind of promote better things in our world and for our societies? Yes. I don't think that she went about it the best way with some of the nasty childish things that she did. And I do appreciate her work. I do appreciate what she does uh, in general. So I'm one of those people that's in the middle is like, I like her, but I also don't like some of the things she does. I, you know, we also have to remember that she has done things. She's because her youngest child is um, autistic. She's been a big, huge proponent proponent of autism and the whole thing with the i mean i where the whole thing with the whole gun thing started was because of columbine and that really that you could tell because i watched i was a big fan of the rosie show at the time uh that really affected her a lot and you could see that's i very much got the impression that's when she became the the gun the gun laws were where she really became political and then it started to spiral from there but I, if there's wonderful things she did on the show, I well, first of all, I don't want to even talk about the show yet. We should talk about before when. Um, do you know how did you did you do research on where she's where she got a really big notice from? Her so like her her early work. Yeah. Yes, I did. I'm drawing a blank on it because I'm thinking of Ellen right now, and I don't know if that's uh, because I'm I'm drawing some pa- parallel. Yeah. Um, she was on Star Search. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was no, before I before your I, time. Yeah, I did not yeah. remember that actually. And how she got on Star Search was uh, Ed McMahon was the host of Star Search, and Ed McMahon's daughter happened to see her in a stand-up act in one of these just little dive clubs. That's right. I think you're really funny. I'm Ed McMahon's daughter, and gave yeah, her her, her name some, and I'd number. To, uh, well, she asked for Rosie's number. And um, get, and so she gave it to him, thinking, okay, whatever, this, you know, nothing is going to come out. So, so she won five weeks of Star Search, and that sent her on her way, which, um, and then she did, where I first noticed her, I did not see her on Star Search, I did not like that show. But where I first saw her was on the wonderful show, which I loved, was called Give Me a Break. That's actually her very first thing, and she played a reoccurring character on the last season. And, um, that was, I, I remember the time really liking her, having no idea who the hell she was. But, and um, that was sort of, those were some nice springboards too. Then she, I watched her as a VJ. It's weird to think of where she came from and where, where she is at. now, you mm-hmm. know. And it's funny that she was a VJ and then she was in, in one of my all time favorite movies ever was A League of Their Own. You know, I think it's the best sports movie ever. And so I love that movie. And have you seen A League of Their Own? I have, but it has been a really long time. Oh my God, uh, see, I watched that. <laughs> yes, I mean, I yes, I've seen it. Yeah. Um, I, I, Tom Hanks, uh, was it Gina Davis? Yes. Yeah, like there was- Madonna. A, a Madonna, yeah, a lot of wonderful actors in the show. Lori Petty. It's, but it's been a while since I've seen it. And it was, and I remember when I watched it, it was really good, really good. Um, I just, it's been ages. I mean, that what came out right. in, what, 92? No, it's one of my, it's, it's, I think it's one of the best sports movies ever. Well, hi. Sorry, I've got um, my cat joining me, so. <laughs> well, we're not, we're not paying for cats to be on our show. <laughs> so, um, and so she, it was, I think a lot of, I think where she got such backlash was that for so many years of that time period, between Star Search and through The Rosie Show, she was just known as this really fun, loving person. Mm-hmm. And you really didn't see the other side of her. And I and mean, you do build the, a persona around yeah. that. And then if you have people that are paying money into those shows, 
they, they're paying for that personality. They're not paying for you to be something else. And so you kind of, you almost get stuck in this one dimension of, of who you are. And so when you start to be show who the other aspects of you are, people start to be like, oh, you're not following this truth that I have known forever about you. And oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I think that was a, an exact, that's it's, it's exactly it. So she was, you know, she was labeled the queen of nice on this talk show, which she was oh, yeah. the time to, she was when you're dealing with things that the other stuff on right then were, oh, atrocious shows like Jerry Springer and Maury Povich. Those were the, those were the top rated talk shows. And then she comes on doing totally something different. And it was such a breath of fresh air. I was so happy for it. She wanted to go back to the old celebrity driven talk shows. And it was wonderful to have that. So, and it was one thing that I found out I didn't realize and see, I've always just sort of, even before she came out, I just assumed she was gay. I didn't realize that she didn't come out till after Ellen. I thought she actually came out before Ellen. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too because when we were researching on Ellen, I thought, well, no, Rosie came out first, but she didn't really, and not that she has to. I, I really no. don't, and I'll talk about that later, but I don't think that you have to come out. That's a choice that everyone should should go through on their own, But and then I'll get into that later, but she, she didn't. Like you said, she came out later yeah. And um, and good for her, and I'm, I'm glad that she did. But yeah, I just kind of always assumed maybe not, maybe not early in her shows, like, but may, I would say in ninety, in the late nineties, early two thousands, I kind of knew, but it, I didn't know for any certainty by any means, because she came out in what ninety. Can't remember the actual date she came out. So. Yeah, I can't remember it right, right off the top of my head, and it's not important because that's not what we're really yeah. getting into right now, but. Yeah, so she she has her her breakout moment with uh, Ed McMahon's daughter, just saying, "Hey, my, you know, I, I basically can you give me your number?" And she's like, "Sure, whatever. It's not nothing's gonna come of that." And then she does Star Search. She has, I think, a good like her Sleepless in Seattle appearance. Uh, Flintstones. Oh my God, loved her in Flintstones, League of Her Own. She had a pr- really good run in TV t- or TV movie series. And then she had her own show in 96 to 02 with the Rosie O'Donnell show. My is- favorite movie she did was yeah. Exit to Eden. I haven't seen that one. Oh, no, it's a terrible, terrible movie. Oh. But do you know why she took it? No. Because the other, the person who was first offered it was Sharon Stone and Rosie O'Donnell was the second person. So she wanted to know that she was in a movie that was first offered to Sharon Stone. That was the entire reason she wanted to be a terrible movie. <laughs> nothing, nothing to do with the what is this? It says tomboyish female gorilla. <laughs> yeah, no, no, oh no, no, that's um, that's Tarzan. Oh, it is Tarzan. You're right. My uh, bad. No, that My was bad. Tarzan. So. I, I, yes, that's right. That's right. Turk. Was yes. The, yes. I actually like that cartoon. It was good. Oh, I, well, I love anything Tarzan, so I, I'm honestly good. With oh that. my gosh, sure you do. <laughs> so I, I love it. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just, I love it. You know, my, actually my favorite movie she did, I think would be, I, I think a league of their own. Um, mm-hmm. I have not seen her most recent series she's in, which now has escaped me. I'll have to look it up as, as we're talking, but Dilf, she was in Dilf. And so I've heard that's a really good show. No, not Dilf. Now I have to look. Smilf. S-M-I-L-F. Smilf. Yeah. So I've, I heard that she had some really good work in that. Yes. And she just recently did um, the uh, limited series, uh, I Know This Much Is True, which deals with schizophrenia. Um, I heard some wonderful reviews of it, but that's on HBO and I don't get HBO. Yeah. (laughs) She's doing a a lot of passion things that she's, that she's, you know, has investments in. and, And I think that's great, right? You know, do the things that you love to do kind of circling back to kind of some of the most con- more controversial things she had. So at the Columbine shooting, we talked about, mm-hmm. um, she was, she came out like as an outspoken supporter of gun control. And like one of the things that she had initially said is that if you own a gun uh, or you shouldn't be allowed to own a gun. And if you own a gun, you should go to prison. And that's a very like, wow. Like that's a, no, <laughs> if you own a gun, I certainly do not think by any means you should be going to prison. So that was a very brazen thing to say. And I think it came from a very emotional place. Like you said yeah, earlier. And I rem- again, I remember the 
the episode where she did that. And it was just, you could tell she was hurting. She was she, hurting. And oh so many God. people were hurting. And she is someone who has access to a daily show, uh, which already has all of its stresses to begin with. And that was her outlet was to. And remember, it was a daily show that was videotaped live. Yes. So, so it, was it was very off the cuff. Whatever happened, happened. Yeah. Uh, there was no filter. And there's. And, and you don't really get a lot of time to process when you're in that environment. You don't get a lot yeah. of time to just process with yourself or your loved one or grieve with other people because you're going right into a live taping of your show. And this was a very unfiltered emotional response to a tragedy. Unfortunately, since the call mentioned, we've had numerous shootings in schools. Sadly, with COVID, we have had none which is really, really sad that the, that our numbers have been increasing every single year with the gun violence in this country, and especially. So instead, we're just kind of what four hundred thousand almost dead from COVID now right. instead. So right, and I'm not saying that we should have one or the other. I'm just saying no. like the fact that it took a pandemic for that issue to not even be a a yeah. metric for 2020, and possibly 2021. It's just heartbreaking. We, that is an issue that definitely needs to be addressed and. So she goes on to, you know, having having the a chance to kind of process that she comes back and, and says, I personally don't own a gun. However, if you're a qualified licensed and registered, I don't have a problem, which is I feel a far more appropriate response. I'm more my feelings are more in line with that. I think that people should be. Well, let's be honest. I think most people are, are more in line with that. I more in line with that. It's like, yeah. I I feel as a human being it is my personal responsibility to ensure not only do I go through training and regular maintenance of that training. As a motorcyclist, I go through a yearly training before I, I go back out and ride. And that's it's an hour long training once a year. It is worth the reminder to remember how to avoid a dog chasing you and biting your leg while you're riding a motorcycle through a residential area or if you slide on rock. Like there are certain things that you just take for granted because you don't experience them every single year that you ride a motorcycle. And so having those refresher courses are good. I feel like having a refresher course is good just as it is for driving a car, making sure you can still see you're mentally cognitive. You don't operate it under, under any sort of influence medication or otherwise. And there should be some, some sort of regulation on that when it comes to owning and using a gun. And so I think when she, I think she, after she had that time to kind of reprocess her feelings on that, she had a, a more well thought out statement to make um, following the Columbine shooting. And so, yeah, like, I think you're right. That that was kind of her big political push in terms of her kind of using her weight as an actress um, to kind of push some of those political things that she has a passion about. Um, yeah. And again, there are some things I haven't agreed that she did. The whole um, thing about the making, and she at the moment hadn't realized she's making fun of Chinese people. Oh, yeah. She. That one. So there are a lot of comedians that get stuck in that trap. Like Kevin Hart, for example, got stuck in that trap because he. He was raised with, as many comedians are, you make fun of other people and that's funny. And we are becoming more, as a culture, becoming more aware that that is not okay. And what you're speaking about was, I think she did like a, and forgive me, I'm not, I mean this by no offense, but it was like some sort of ching chang ching yang kind of sound. Yeah, that was just exactly it. And And mimicking a, I, I believe it was a news reporter out of China, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and they called her out on it, and good for them. Thank you. And it, she, her response is like, well, I know I need to be better, but this is ingrained in my language. Well, what she apologized for it and just said that the way my brain works, I'll probably do something else by next week. And so it was an apology, but not really. And Ish. she later came out and said, I am, I really... I, I should have been much more heartfelt in my apology. Yes. And so um, that like her and Kevin Hart and I, other, you know, you have to, you have to, there's times you have to forgive and move forward. Or, yes. You know, and so. that forgive and move forward comes from being sincere. Like Kevin Hart was sincere. Like yeah. he realized that 
at the time, he truly believed that what he was doing was okay, has since matured as a human being. Our society has matured in, in, in different aspects. And it was like, damn, yeah, you're right. I'm not this terrible person everyone says I am because of these bad jokes I did that didn't age well. I should never have done that and I won't do it again. And that's where you have to you have to realize it. like it's, if he had had this pseudo apology, I'd be like, yeah, you're going to do it again because you're an asshole. Now, in this case with, with Rosie, you know, she did come back out and say, you yeah. know, the more a more sincere. I think all these things we're talking about is that it just shows. I mean, you go from you know that she's just she is lots of different facets to her. She's very. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you talk about the fact that. She was a spokesperson for Kmart for five years. Um, that they sold, they sold guns, and she finally realized she can. That was one of the reasons she stopped uh, being mm-hmm. a spokesperson for Kmart. Finally, and then she has so many. And then you get into talking about her, what she said when she was on The View, which um, I I didn't really watch The View until she was on it because I was a big, I, again, big fan of hers, and I tried watching The View and. Wow, she was so just you know divisive then, and and everything she was saying was you know, and I agree with most stuff, but it just felt so coming from such an angry place most mm-hmm. of the time, and you know, and so I think there's it's I think that's why you know she's like like we are. I think that's why I love her. So I just started. She's very relatable. Where we'll talk about stuff, you know, you and I will talk about stuff, or but. It's not, you know, it's not public. You know, it's not going out to millions of viewers a day. Yeah, and and I don't mind if someone wants to ask me, if I'm in a public forum and someone wants to ask me my personal feelings about something that might be a politically charged, I will take a moment and have a beat with that. But I, I would hope that I've had time to also process it in private. Um, because we, do, as human beings, we do have instinctive reactions, which are not always beautiful. Yeah. And... And we have our biases. We have these misconceived notions because of our communities around us and the people that we hang out with that we've picked up certain behavioral traits that we don't even realize we have. And then we start getting angry or whatever. And they were like, oh, actually, I don't really feel that way, especially when you could see the facial reactions of individuals that you're having the conversation about or maybe with. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe I am coming off a little more angry than I'm actually angry. Or I'm saying something, what I'm really trying to say is I don't agree with these these policies or these procedures or these po- po- these religious beliefs or whatever and have a more adult conversation. And that takes practice. And I think that I given, I don't think people in like Rosie's position or even Ellen's position, for, for example, when you have a daily show that's taped live, you don't always get that opportunity. And I think they need to give themselves and realize that and give themselves that opportunity to process and examine what those biases are because so many people are watching them and there's there's so many things that can happen as a result of that. So I think in the end on that part of it, um, I do, I would love her to do another entertainment show. I would, I would right? love I, I enjoy I enjoy watching her, and I do enjoy that she can be controversial. She does not have to be, in my opinion, angry, controversial yeah. in that. You could have a, a real fun way of having those conversations, and I think she has that potential of doing that. And I think that's what the view was hoping they would get. I don't know that they got what they were asking for. I don't think so. Well, I I, I think they wander there, but yeah. While she was there, the ratings increased something like 23% from what they were at the time period before she was on. And they were, by the end, were encouraging her to have her grown. You know, they, they liked it because it was increasing the ratings. And it was kind of, watching was very uncomfortable. I don't know if you watched all, it was a very uncomfortable time where you're watching it almost like, it was kind of like watching a train wreck, you know? And it was, because it made her look so crazy. Yeah. And even though I'm listening to this stuff and I believed almost everything she was saying and it was proven almost everything she was saying about, especially about the uh, Iraq war, um, that that was gonna, that everything she was saying proved to be true. But the way she was saying it, she sounded almost like a crazy person. And that also has to do with the way they did the lighting on her and all sorts of things. But it was, it did not serve her well. <laughs> it, 
some of the celebrity interviews she did at that time period were wonderful because she's very um oh god and i think just... they were trying to offer her more money to like stay or oh, yeah. do a spinoff show and she i think she realized like she was starting to kind of have this persona that wasn't really reflective of who she is and took a step back to focus on other areas of her life um especially those involving her children um yeah it's money can do some crazy things to people too um one thing i've always appreciated about her is that money she loves her money and she's said that but she has there was and i can't remember what year it was you know it was a while ago it was while i was still straight i believe <laughs> that she um came out she was the top 20 uh money earners of the of the year she missed the cut because she donated so much for money to charity so it shows she's this wonderful you know giving person and um and that is something that she's pretty consistent on oh yeah either supporting foundations creating foundations uh supporting other foundations that she might not be directly involved with and and from what i understand with nothing or insurance like this gives the money away to help these yeah. uh these organizations and i if i recall correctly she's also just a general big proponent of people in her position doing the same uh giving oh, back very much so. to the community and in their own way giving back to the community by supporting organizations that um build their communities up and yeah I, well, I think she even did a lot for like some of the act, like the actor guilds that have been just hammered by the COVID. Um, oh, well, yeah, she did that week of Rosie shows that she did yeah, on that's, YouTube. Yeah, thank you. I knew there was something. I couldn't rec- remember exactly yeah. what platform it was on. Um, and of course, I watched them. They were wonderful. And it was, you know, I love that time. And if you also remember that when the Rosie show was originally on, sorry, <laughs> I've got a cat who insists on loving me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I shut my door and I mute all my technology so I'm not being interrupted when I'm recording. Well, if I shut the door, they're out. Then it's your right. cat's out there being, yeah. I have yeah. my cat outside of a second door. So there's, uh, my cat is behind a second door that's not this door. This door is only protecting <laughs> me from the dog. And then the other door protects me from the cat because the dog understands some boundaries. The cat, yeah. boundaries? What do you mean? I have to be on the, oh, yeah, no. I have to be on the side of every closed door. Yeah, see, just where I'm at, there's no way they would be at. The, they'd both be at the door yowling, because so that it doesn't work. So, um, God, I totally. Oh, what was I talking about? Rosie O'Donnell. She did a week uh, shows on YouTube yeah. supporting actors, and then you were oh. gonna say. So, and what was wonderful is just even the little things she did on on the Rosie show. Mm-hmm. Is she even did things like tell people to remind them occasionally? Remember get your dental care done, floss your teeth, brush, brush your teeth. She would do things like that just to, to say, you know, those are all important things. And she talked about her mom dying of breast cancer. And, you know, she was one of the first people to really t- talk about all those kind of things, you know, mm-hmm. that you need to get your mammogram. She was also the person, and it's never been said, but I'm sorry, I believe this completely. Uh, Oprah Winfrey's show was much more of the confrontational like she had Nazis on and shit like that, you know. And I think Rose O'Donnell was the one watching what her, she was doing. I think that's when Oprah Winfrey started to switch her show, become the much more life-affirming show it became. And I think that was because of Rosie that, that she realized, wait, we can do this. But it was never talked about, but I think that was also, I think that well, was Well, you part see of things so. that happen, you know, what's being put out there in TV, and then you look at the time frame of when things are happening. You. As a business person, when I'm creating a company or helping other people build their businesses, I'm benchmarking against other people that are already in the industry because in some way they are a competitor, but also they are in that industry and it's a good litmus test to know what is working, what is not working, what can change, what can we get from this? And you make adjustments when that happens. So when Rosie comes out there and she's got her own show and you already have Oprah out there on her show, you have to you have to know that there's going to be an influence and possibly going both ways in that too, that Rosie's show might have some changes because of Oprah. Or maybe Rosie's show had a platform based off of what they were seeing on the Oprah show, but they're going to put the Rosie spin on it. And then Oprah's like, oh, there are some positive things that we're seeing here. We're going to do some of these other changes to kind of keep up with that. You're do, always going to see remember, that. Yeah. 
do you remember Merv Griffin at all? You're you're way too young to see. Merv Griffin, probably anybody who knows him now knows him as he's the creator of Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. But he actually did a talk show, which was very, very celebrity friendly. That's all they did. And Rosie O'Donnell, that's what she wanted her show to originally be. And then she took it to other directions eventually, but that's what she wanted. She just wanted a nice, easy show that was fun to watch. And I enjoyed that. And I love that she's gone on to do different things now Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, expanding her horizons. And she had, like, she did a a serious radio show for a couple years. Yeah, Series XM. Yeah, and she did a... And I guess she did a show on Ox... No, Own. She did a show on Own. Uh, yeah, I think for, it was Own. Yeah, for uh She had a magazine. A year. Oh, yeah. Bo- books. The, oh, yeah. The magazine was really interesting. I loved what they did. Actually, I really loved the magazine, but they um, ended up folding because she refused to... They wanted her on the cover every month. They shouldn't always want to do that. She wanted other people... She only wanted people that she liked on the cover, and it wasn't always big name celebrities. They wanted the big name celebrities, and so it was just it was a continual. But it was what I saw that was really good. I, I, um, I'm. It wasn't the kind of magazine I'd usually um, read. Mm -hmm. I read a couple of them, and they were actually really was impressed. It was really her voice that it just did not sell, and it became. It was more of an issue. I think it finally quit because they had. Uh, it was just too much backfighting that they that they couldn't agree on stuff. And I think again, one of the issues I think Rosie has is she just walked away from it. She didn't. She's done that several times where it's just it got too much, so she walked away. And if I was going to do my biggest critique of Rosie, I think it's that she tends to get these big fights going and go. Oh, never mind. I don't want to play like that. And walks away. Right. And that's and that that would be one thing that does. But again, I'm not her. I can't. You know, say what's what, all the other stuff that's going on. I don't see, but that's what I see on the on the on this side of it. That she tends to let things. You know, she doesn't mind starting the fight, but doesn't always want to finish it. Yeah, <clears throat> she and and she likes to get other people to fight the fights. If it's not her, she likes yeah. to get other people to do the fight. Um, and there was something with the whole uh, Florida. Florida, come on. There's some. And Texas. We'll get to this another time. Anyway, they have a ban on gay adoption. And yeah. um, it got repealed recently. And so it's... It got a, I forget exactly what the wording is. But basically, it's... They have enforced it again, saying that gay people cannot adopt. Uh, and back in, I think, 02, she had like a whole thing where she was fighting for for gay rights and in Florida and their rights to adopt. And um, that's kind of one of her things that she's doing even now. In well, court. do you know why she, the reason she was doing that at the time was her that children. she had a foster daughter. Yeah. She wanted to adopt and she couldn't. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's in the state. She kept her main residence in Florida forever for that kid. Yep. For that reason. Yep. Um, just a big heart and, and there are big hearts out there in all shapes and sizes and all colors of skin. And the, to sit there and tell a child, effect, effectively tell a child, uh, you, no one wants to adopt you is, is wholly inaccurate. When you have millions of families out there that are LBGTQ who want to adopt and can't, or they're afraid to adopt because of shit like this, where states overturn the laws and your child can be taken away from you based off the fact that you're gay. I, that's just absolute bullshit. Ch- there are a lot of children out there that need homes. And there is no study out there that has ever showed that a, a heterosexual uh, home is better than a homosexual home. There are messed up families all over the world. And there are amazing families all over the world. And everybody should have counseling, access to counseling and access to resources to develop as a better person, but also a parent. And we should be allowed. I, I honest, I'm, I have been afraid to adopt for years because of the fact that I'm afraid my state will flip, flip the laws and take, take my child away. And so I just refuse to do it. And then that might change later. Uh, but that is definitely how I feel right now about it. Well, I personally think Biden's going to make it 
I think it's kind of a thing. Where the administration just, in general, I think we have, and this is what I'll get into in my career corners. We have a lot of people uh, of the family of our community that are in political positions throughout the whole country, and we're going to, and that's been going on for a while. But this last year, we've just seen a huge swing in that direction, and I think having good representation in different positions of our government is going to help that conversation move forward, and children will so, have better opportunities i i'm sorry i just i i finally see where she finally came out i have to say it because it, i think it was uh oh two right on uh what's the show well she came out as a uh, her character came out on will and grace will and grace a, I'm a a month, yeah no no a month later at caroline's comedy club for ovarian, ovarian cancer research benefit it says here, O'Donnell came out as a lesbian announcing, I'm a dyke. I don't know That's why what it was. people make such a big deal about the gay thing. People are confused. They're shocked. Like, this is a big revelation to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, we all just assumed she'd been out the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and, and that's I just, her I, in a nutshell. That's her. Yes, that is her. Yeah, she... Uh, I mean, that's phrase in general is just her in a nutshell. There's so many ways yeah. you can you can come out or in, in a statement and I'm a dyke is is certainly one way to do it too. So it's a reflection of her personality, and I think that's I think it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. We have different ways we can express our personality. No, I mean, and I, I you know, I think it's kind of where it's. I don't think we've made any. We haven't lightened anything on her. I see you have um, your cat back. Yeah, we haven't had any big enlightening moments. Whether she's a good person or a bad person, I think she's just a person. She's just a person who um, has. Her very Money big and passions and, and big passions and, and big passions. So and um, I appreciate the work that she's doing in the different areas that she's invested in, and especially in our LBGTQAI communities. Yes, um, I think queer community in general needs to have uh, more advocates. But just like uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter, it's not just on those communities to f- make progress for rights. Um, it's, it's everybody making progress. You know, you need, you need not just the people that would fall under the umbrella of a queer community, but the the allies, uh, Mm -hmm. need to step up and and represent and support and put in their vote in favor of, of civil rights for these individuals. Um, not just in our queer community, but definitely our, our black lives members and just, and transgender lives. It just needs to happen. And, I think we're moving in a direction that might might reflect that, but the work is certainly not done. And it, even if it feels like it ever is, we have to continue to fight for that because it can easily be taken away. Um, so I appreciate her 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 work. No, and that I mean I think that's what I always say is that I I, I love Rosie. I do. Um, I think she and I'd be great friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want Tig no, Notaro to be my good friend, and Ro- we'll we'll have we'll see if Rosie can be your good friend. Although oh, I there wanna, you go. That works. I want some I mad fist bumps with Rosie too. So I don't. I, oh, yeah, no, I, I I got a mad kick for Tig right now, um, and we'll get into a show for her at, at one of these days. Um, oh, definitely. Just I love the work that she's doing as well. So uh, we'll wrap this up and move into our queer corner. Unless there's anything else you wanted to share before we jump into that. Nope. Okay, I'm going to do the intro music instead of like putting it in at, at the editing part. So I'm going to do it here by my attempts of beatbox. Be corner. How was it? Was that good? That was so amazing. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to transition into the segment of our queer corner. And this is the, the part of our show where we just kind of go into a little bit more of our passion stuff instead of the hot like the highlight of our show. These are things that either you have shared with us, you've emailed us, you, you tweeted us, you hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, you shared your story, you asked a question. We bring those here uh, at the bottom of our show to kind of highlight that, to give you a voice. Um, for, But also this is an opportunity for us to explore um, new terminologies or things that are going on in politics that may not take up a whole show at this point, but maybe later. So if you have a story, you have something you want to share with us, you want to tweet at us, something like that, please do, please do. This show is solely created for you to give you a a voice 
uh, to, to hear something reflected back to you, for us to, as human beings, to explore those with you and to educate our community. So for my queer corner, I am, I'm basically be talking about the historic wins of the election, election results of 2020. Um, so just, uh, I'm sure you guys have already, you already know because it's been in the news and you're already passionate about it. Um, and so I may be a little late to it to, to bring it into the queer corner, but I'm just going to go with it. We have Sarah McBride as the first openly trans person elected in Delaware uh, to the state Senate. Woo-hoo. Awesome. Woo. We have Richie Torres and forgive me, I'm going to um, Mondaire Jones. Forgive me if I mispronounced your name. Uh, are the first openly gay black men elected to Congress. Um, I, right? Woo! We have Cori Bush is the first black woman elected in Congress in Missouri. Awesome. Congratulations. We have uh, in New Mexico uh, is the first state to send um, only women of color to Congress. So nice job, guys. Awesome? Wonderful. Yes. Taylor Small is the first openly gay trans person elected uh, to the state legislator in Vermont. Woo! Good job, Vermont. Congratulations, Taylor. You have Marilyn Stickland, Strickland, uh, will Strickland. be Strickland. Yep. I, and I apologize. I have, uh, my mouth does not always work as well as my brain at the same time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they just, they sometimes no don't. There's a lot of no tricking there. So Marilyn uh, will be the first Korean American woman uh, in the House and the first Black member of Congress from Washington. So congratulations, Marilyn. Uh, we have Stephanie Byers is the first openly trans lawmaker elected in Kansas. Congratulations, Kansas. Awesome job, Stephanie. Uh, we have more Maureen Turner will be the first non-binary individual uh, as a state legislator in the U.S. and the first Muslim lawmaker in Oklahoma. Good job, Oklahoma. Congratulations, Maureen. We have Ken Jackson will be the first openly LBGTQ state senator in Georgia. Congratulations there. We have Tori Harris and Eddie Manis are elected as the first, like first out LBGTQ members of Tennessee um, for the state legislator there. So awesome job, Tennessee. Congratulations, Tori and Eddie. We have Jabari Brisport. to be the first black openly gay member of the New York state legislator. Congratulations there. We have Iman Jode, forgive me if I messed that up, uh, will be Colorado's first Muslim lawmaker. Um, and th- So these are just like big wins. So not just our LBGT, but of the big wins, a majority of these individuals are of the LBGTQ community, which is, which is huge. But I don't want to, I don't want to just pay homage to just, our own community. These are big wins in, in so many areas. So um, a Muslim lawmaker um, in Colorado, congratulations there, Iman. We have Madison uh, Cawthorn, will be the youngest member to Congress at age 25. I mean, that is just an insane swath of changes there for um, not only LBGTQ, but Muslim, uh, non-binary, people of color, women, just loving the diversity that we're seeing in this country with Pete Buttigieg, um, who was put forth by the Biden um, administration for Department of Transportation. And there are there are tons of others that are going out there. This was just kind of like a hot list that I, I just pulled up to share with you guys. Um, this is huge. What this is a representation of, in my opinion, and kind of what I want to get into for a moment is, we had a, a uh, administration, for lack of a better word, uh, an administration for four years that really highlighted a lot of bigotry and hatred and division. And as a result of that, we had seen a huge surge of, of people really pulling the resources together to lift people up, to put those votes where they count, where they matter, uh, having Having done that, we were seeing more and more representation. And I, my hope and my prayer is that we continue to see those kinds of diversity represented in all forms of our government, state, local, federal, because when you have that representation, you have a voice on those decisions that are being voted on and those laws that are being put forth and the conversations that are have, taking place. And it's not 
on all men making a decision about what a woman's body, you know, should or should not do, or uh, all men, all white men saying, you know, making these statements for that are impacting people of color and and women. And so having this diversity, this, this mixing of of the uniqueness that is our country is going to, I hope, going to make better informed decisions. We're going to see better laws that are more ubiquitous and and including people um, more equally and having equality truly represented. And I'm very excited about that. If you guys want to share what you're feeling about all these changes here, I would love to hear about it. You can you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can email at us at conundrum at conundrum.com to share kind of what's going on with you so that we can kind of connect on this. I just truly am very excited and congratulations to each and every one of them. And to those who didn't win, who made that effort to run, thank you so much for doing that. Continue to do that and continue to do the good work that you're doing. So that's my queer corner. Gary, what is your queer corner today? Well, mine is a much lighter one. So I was going with everything that had been going on. I went lighter. Um, Fair. I just wanted to talk about actually your girlfriend, Tignatoro, um, is in an amazing <laughs> uh, series. It only lasted two seasons on Amazon Prime yeah. called One Mississippi. One Mississippi. And I'm going to say it starts off kind of slow. And I'm going, oh, I don't know. But boy, by the end of the second season, I was going, oh my God, why isn't there a third season of this? Um, I love the fact that it talked very openly. It's loosely based on her personal life. So I don't want to do any spoilers for you on that. If you don't know about her personal life. If you don't know, you should definitely check it out. We will cover it in one of our shows. But it's... Um, it's worth a watch. Oh yeah. And it's just, it was a, an amazing series that... I love the fact that when you meet her, she is openly out. She is a lesbian, and um, and that's that's already passed. I love that we're getting more shows like that now. That that's just not even mm-hmm. the issue. The issues that happen with her, I have nothing to do with that. That she's queer. It it has the fact that everything else is going on in her life. Um, so it's a show I would really highly recommend watching. It has some other great character actors in it. You're going to look at these people and go, oh, I know them. I don't know their name, but I know who they are. It's uh, And also the one who ends up being her love interest by the end is her real life wife. So which nice. this yep. is really that. I, I love that whole thing. Um, it I love and they met they, they met on the production of um, a film. Too. Uh, on on her documentary that they did about her yep. battles with everything. <laughs> yep. Would you and get it? That's what, I'm just saying. I love the work that she's yeah. putting out there, I, and I just I love just the character of who she is and how she portrays herself. Like, yeah, I feel like she truly represents herself and isn't. I'm sure that she has conflicts of that, just like everyone else. But I I I don't. Know, I'm enjoying. No, and she's just. Uh, it's a really good. Again, the first episode or two. I'm like, Okay, I'm gonna give it some more time, but I ended <laughs> up. It was just I loved it. It was so mm-hmm. good. Um, I think we're both big Tignatoro fans anyway. I mean, you know, we've already talked about her on on the Star Trek Discovery. You know, yes. so she's so. Um, but that's it's just it's a wonderful. It shows a life, yes, a little heightened because it's a comedy, but it shows a person living who just happens to be queer mm-hmm. and I, lo- I love that fact I mean it shows the trials and tribulations of trying to date and trying to live through again not spoiling because I don't know what you know of this person right um, of different health crises and and but I loved it and I in particular love the the actor who plays her dad which I cannot remember his name right now but he oh my god dead you had you don't know deadpan delivery till you've listened to his her dad on this show. Um, it is just. Have you seen the show, Holly? I haven't seen it in its oh. entirety. No, I, I will need just, to finish it for sure. Oh my god! And it just every episode it builds, and mm-hmm. the the characters are more and more layered as it goes on. So it's it's. I highly recommend. Andy, I will be finishing it. it here shortly. 
So yeah. I appreciate you didn't spoil it. anything. So thank you yeah. for that. Well, no, that's just it because so many <laughs> so many things happen. Like again, it's a total of twelve episodes, mm-hmm. and so many things happen in that twelve episodes, and nothing. You know, it's not you know, it's just everyday life. But so much happens in everyday life. You it does. And, it's like, oh my gosh, that happened. And it's so wonderful the way they they did it. So that's what my my queer corner is. I'm finding the more and more we do this, Holly, mine are probably going to end up towards reviewing queer movies and television shows. But it's just <laughs> that's that's hey, where my heart goes. That's to, where your so heart is, and mine's yeah. uh, mine's different, yeah. and that's good. And sometimes it'll be yeah. jiving with you, and sometimes it won't be, and that's also okay. yeah, you know, so. Uh, right. I, was, I I'm light gay. She's she's deep gay. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> it just oh. means you're more to the deeper. You're you you know you you go for the I'm searching. The, I'm understanding. Yeah, you're searching. Like, that's oh, the, that's so pretty. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the scientist and researcher in me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next week, be well. Love you. Thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook. Instagram. Twitter. At Conundrum Podcast. And email us at Conundrum at Conundrum.com. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer. <laughs>